Welcome everyone to Design Considered. I am your host, Alex Tatunji. And today I am so excited to have a couple of Walcott All-Stars on the call with me. Today we have Adelaine Caro, who is an intermediate designer with Walcott Architecture. And we have Carly Campisi, who is a design lead and project manager at Walcott. So a couple of takes of me butchering names into this. We are actually ready to go. Both of you, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. So today we are going to be talking about something really interesting uh, and something that I want to learn about. And I'm sure that there's a lot of misconceptions out there about. And it's the idea of what is interior design? This idea of like interior decorating and interior design and interior architecture, they've all kind of blended into one gray, similar thing that people kind of associate all of them with. When in reality, it there is this very defined and clear kind of distinction between them, as well as ways that they overlap. Before we dive into that, Addy, would you uh, kind of walk us through maybe your journey to architecture and design uh, as a practice for you, as well as what brought you to Walcott? Didn't start with uh, interior design when I originally started. Um, Actually, I was a fashion designer major, and it wasn't until I start visiting case study homes that I start opening up to this world of interior architecture. Then is when I became very fascinated with architecture itself and creating experiences within interior um, spaces and slowly that is what evolved me into actually changing my major to interior architecture. And like you mentioned, many people don't know much the difference between interior architecture, interior design, and interior decorator. Even I myself wasn't aware of those different distinctions between those three. So roughly after graduating Woodbury, I started working with small firms that start doing interior design work for homes and It's actually something that I really enjoy doing a lot. But once I start opening more into bigger projects and knowing that there's a lot more to design work, for example, like commercial offices, it's when I, you know, I wanted to expand myself to working in a, with a firm that specialized more in commercials, doing smaller spaces at a faster pace so I can start seeing more of that design work complete. So that's how I actually ended up here at Wolcott. Yeah, I don't love it. (laughs) Carly, how about you? So my path to architecture did start at a really young age. I'm third generation and told potentially even fourth generation with my family in Italy being builders as well, but grew up around construction, um, contractors and iron workers. Everyone in my family is in the industry. So it's something that I've been around my entire life. What inspired me most though was my father is an engineer and owns a construction company and how much he worked so hard to design something that was then built underground and no one would ever see. So at a young age, I really wanted to design something that would inspire people in the way that I was inspired, but it was something that would be built above ground and that could really influence and do great in the world. Awesome. 
I love it. That's why we're all here to build inspiring things. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. We'll have to come back to that on its own episode and just really dive into into that story. I'm sure there's fascinating Mm -hmm. components there, but I love it. So I've kind of pulled up some rough definitions of these kind of varying ideas. So I'm going to read them and I'm I'm going to ask both of you how accurate you think that is or, or what your thoughts on the kind of distinguishing factors are. So, so interior architecture can be defined as it's the balancing of the art of science and art of designing an interior space, taking into account all elements of the build. However, a designer with training in interior architecture can't call themselves an interior architect unless they have professional accreditation from an architectural body. Interior design is defined as a broad-ranging profession taking into account all aspects of planning and designing interior spaces in the built environment. The role of any two interior designers can vary greatly. Whereas interior decoration is concerned solely with the decoration of art of a space, including soft furnishings and color schemes. So a couple of things I want to hear your thoughts are. I think when we hear interior design today, most people think of, of interior decorating. They think of making a space beautiful and pretty in that art kind of art standpoint. Do you think those definitions are accurate? Sure. Well, I'd say that our expertise is in interior architecture and interior design. I think that those do reside closely with each other. And while we can do interior decorating, um, that's really something that you see and more of hospitality and residential design where you're not touching walls or any of the infrastructure involved and you really are working at the the layer of finishes and uh, textures and, and really finishing the space. Whereas architecture and interior design does do that deeper dive into the space. And for the record, no one can call themselves an architect unless they are a licensed architect. So just just because I work here, so I I can't introduce myself as an architect. All right, fine. (laughs) No, (laughs) sorry. Addy, how about you? So coming into Wolcott, um, I definitely... As Carly mentioned, I definitely see as more in this side. Um, the work I've done, it's been more on the interior architecture and interior design aspect. Um, depending on the project itself, what we've gotten, I've mainly dealt with both of the aspects, I would say. But I, I do find myself mainly, I, I introduce myself as an interior designer. And rarely do they know, you know, sometimes the work that I do, which is more on the architecture side, they, they're pretty surprised that you know, as an interior designer, I'm able, capable of doing that kind of work where you, you think about the space planning um, and how things within the building impact the interior spaces. Um, so it, I feel like it is not very well known um, to many people, the difference between an interior designer and interior decorator. Yeah. You know, along with the way that these three things kind of muddying together kind of might create confusion some confusion, I would imagine that when when these three different ideas are considered uh, intentionally through a space and really defined really well, that it's it's the blending of them that creates probably the most impactful interior spaces, as opposed to just coming in there with just an eye for decoration or just an eye for architecture. And that architects are probably asked to be, and designers more mobile in in their kind of understanding of these disciplines than ever before. So I'm curious, when strategizing a space, what are the 
biggest considerations you kind of pull from these different ideas to kind of consider together so that you're, you're creating the most holistic environment? What, what are those things you're really looking for from all three of these components now? You're, you are looking at the design holistically in addition to what it needs to look and feel like. How does it function and what is its purpose? And everything that's needed to make that purpose happen needs to be thought of and planned for. So if say you're designing a studio space that needs a ton of cooling in it and they'll be recording live, you need to accommodate a lot larger ductwork in the space than you would for a typical office space there. So it is making sure that you're planning out your design properly that when you start adding eight foot by 12 foot shafts in the space, you're not losing the function of the building and you are being thoughtful of where you're placing things from a functionality standpoint. I would also have to agree with Carly on that. And I I think that's where the big distinction between an interior designer and interior decorator come about. Speaking for myself, I feel like we kind of think about, as an interior designer, we think about these things, um, not just decorating itself, but how structure, mechanical, plumbing, um, all these things that go into the building affect the designing of a space. Um, Because in some instances, we're not able to touch certain things. So we have to be thoughtful and mindful of how we can use an existing condition with what we, what would the client want at that moment? So in that aspect, and I think I, I, I value being an interior designer and knowing some of that architecture side, because it does make me aware of these architecture components that does impact an interior space and goes in hand in hand with the design. Definitely. Do you think most people kind of begin or should begin with an idea of how the decorating component comes to life in a space uh, and then kind of plan around that? Or, or is that usually what happens? Is that what you'd recommend or is there another way? <laughs> Never. Asked. So our process here and throughout the industry really is to, when you start a project, there's a visioning session that happens and it's, isn't about purely the aesthetics of how it's going to look and feel and be quote unquote decorated. It is about how it's going to feel, how it's going to function. Sometimes even addressing things like aromatherapy through the space and the procession through the space and really dialing into the psychology of the design. So when we compile all of that along with what it should look and feel like, that helps us then start to curate the story and the planning of the design. Um, For example, if someone wants a long procession from their entry spot where they're trying to impress clients coming in, what's that path that you take where you're strategically planning say high touch or high design elements along that path to really tap into their psychology of either impressing them or making an impact that then when they get to the destination and the space, they're sold on the company and why they're there. So all of those aspects go into the visioning process. 
understanding who we're designing for both internal and external clients for our projects. Every aspect of the functionality does need to be addressed at day one so that we can properly design the space. Yeah, Carly, I love that you mentioned the idea of story. I'd love to hear both of you kind of speak to that and, and, and whether or not storytelling has become more important from an interior standpoint in recent history and what's kind of driving that and how you see that coming to life within spaces. I'd say every project has a story and what that story is varies from the clients, whether it be a startup company and they're trying to show a story of how innovative they are or how creative and thoughtful and impressive they are to other companies that have a longer history. What's their story and how do they want to express that in their space so that that tradition and that history does not get forgotten or dismissed. Yeah, I I would have to say for me, the storytelling is what actually drove me into interior design, you know, translating that story into interior space and in the architecture itself is what I find fascinating. And some companies do it well more than others. And it's where I found the enjoyment of, you know, helping clients tell their story through an experience of a space. It's something where, you know, everyone has a story and how do we help them tell that story through either, you know, little things as just one room and being thoughtful and mindful of the materials that we use and how we can, you know, help the client express what they're trying to convey to their employees and and client itself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the more I think about story, the more I kind of think about the, um, the kind of undeniable relationship between some of the trends we're seeing in, in design and in what we consider interior design and the rise of social media, right? And what role social media has played in making all of us feel that we have like a better grasp of what it means to understand architecture and interior design because we took a picture by a super Instagrammable wall or we were in a a bathroom of a of a bar that was really intentionally designed and and social media has kind of created the ability to tell story through space so simple and for better or worse i'm sure influenced this kind of crossover between what people associate interior design to be so i'm curious for both of you what you think that influence has been and how it has or or has not kind of impacted the work uh, we do as architects and designers I would say social media has definitely been a big impact to how interior design is involved. And nowadays, um, I found myself clients asking, you know, having that Instagram moment, designing something where, you know, someone can actually take a picture. And when they take a picture, they know, you know, who that client is. So it has made me more aware of how social media impacts the design I do with clients. So it is something I, I'm actually trying to catch up. Um, I'm not really much of a social media person. I'm, um, <laughs> I, I, I would say I'm kind of like an old school soul. Um, maybe it's just how I was raised 
trying to involve myself to social media has kind of been a challenge for me, but, you know, I also have to be mindful of, you know, who I I'm working for and, you know, clients are asking for that kind of stuff. So I feel like it's something that's going to evolve even more, especially now in how we uh, communicate and engage with one another. I think that what Addie, one of Addie's true strengths is that she is an old soul and very insightful and intuitive. And that's what always blows me away about Addie is that she, without the influence of social media and some of these external elements, is able to come up with really thoughtful and insightful designs. Um, just very intuitively, and she has a gift for that. Touching on the the social media thing, I do think that it plays an impact um, where clients are also using it as a way of free advertisement in, in a sense. So if they're trying to attract and retain a younger demographic in their workplace, creating that vibe and that external image of their company and office space without costing them any money, essentially. And creating a, a cool backdrop that everyone that comes through the space is going to snap a picture and post it. And then it creates a, a buzz for them without them having to spend a lot of money. So I think it does play a lot into design and how we think about design. Yeah, you make a great point. Uh, I love what you said about Addie as an intuitive designer, because what, what I get a sense of is that it's that balance of the intuitive understanding of the principles of design, along with a sensitivity and an awareness of the desire for Instagrammable moments, for the impact social media is having, that creates the most holistic and impactful interior design, right? Because you can fill a space with all the flamingo print pillows in, you know, modern decor and pink walls and greenery and Instagrammable neon lights and Palm Spring as you want. But if that space isn't thoughtfully and intuitively planned, then it's weighing this. You have the interior decorating component way too heavily and the interior design component kind of wanting. And so I think that's a really important distinction to make and kind of a really clear example of how these disciplines really support one another with modern needs. With that, you know, we live in a city that is so unique and so full of individual character and so full of just a defiant and rebellious spirit to just be itself in whatever that means. And that comes to life and weird and beautiful and thought-provoking and influencing ways. So I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are on what LA's kind of, does it have a, a kind of defined interior design identity and interior decorating identity? And from a, from a logistical and from like a kind of trend standpoint, what are the things you're really considering when taking on interior design projects in Los Angeles right now? So early on in my career, I was with two international firms and got to work on projects all over the country and all over the world. And when I switched to Walcott, which does a high concentration in specifically the California market, 
and even more so to the Los Angeles or Southern California market, I began to see that there were differences in the design. And LA being an influencer in so many ways, the entertainment industry with fashion, with a lot of trends, music, all of that, it's also true to the architecture of what is native to Los Angeles that starts influencing architecture around the world. And the biggest thing that I see is the, the balance. And whereas on the East Coast, for example, you do see a lot more corporate and more conservative design to office space. In Los Angeles, we have beautiful weather 360 days out of the year. And how do you start to bring that element into the workplace? And I think that that is the biggest influencer of Los Angeles architecture is the indoor, the outdoor, the authenticness of some of the the old history and buildings that you see in Los Angeles, that we do embrace that. Yeah, actually, um, I haven't really, I'm more of a LA person, born and raised. So I would say being in LA, I find myself seeing a lot of that indoor outdoor space. And I've actually, I'm very fascinated with case study homes. So whenever I visit these famous case study homes by famous architects, I always find myself realizing that something that they all have in common is that they create rooms that are about the view, wherever they're locating. And that's, to me, that's what I find fascinating about LA is how we are lucky to have that privilege of, you know, a great weather where we actually can bring in the outdoor into the indoor space. Yeah, we are super. And you lucky. also see, <laughs> you also see a tie-in to be thoughtful with how we build space too. I've mm-hmm. seen more in LA with thoughtfulness of where we're getting products locally and and support the local economy and local markets, but also lowering the carbon footprint. Why order carpet from across the country when Bentley makes carpet in Los Angeles? So I've seen us be a lot more thoughtful and considerate that we, to make these beautiful spaces, it's not at the sacrifice of the environment or the the local atmosphere. Yeah. And, and that's a great point. I mean, that's a, that's a component of design as well. You know, it kind of becomes this idea of ethical design. What is ethical design? Well, it's design that considers the sources, the inputs, the impact. And I I really love that LA strives to be a city that makes that having that understanding at the forefront of design rather than a luxury. It's a transformation that will take place over a longer period of time, but sorry. Oh, I was going to say, no, it it also again, influences what goes on throughout the country and the world. And we're hoping that that inspires other sectors of the country where, you know, they have tons of real estate and don't necessarily need to be as thrifty with their design and their buildings. But if they were, you know, there could be more green space and we're not tapping into resources that don't necessarily need to be tapped into. So 
it is, again, hopeful that L.A. is influencing the rest of the, the country. I, I'm curious. There's We've just kind of heard about all these great things that go into the idea of interior architecture, design, decor. What things influence the both of you personally right now? I'm mostly inspired by natural things. And so being outdoors and being in spaces that embrace outdoors and allow for fresh air and natural light and really benefit you health-wise, I find most inspiring and love to bring all of those elements as much as I can into the workplace because I think that a healthy mind is the most productive mind. Love that. I would say my inspiration comes from people itself. Um, everyone I meet, I think, you know, we're all uniquely different. And I, for me, involving as an interior designer and wanting to continue to grow, but also be open-minded of how my designs affect others um, is where I find it fascinating, you know, meeting somebody and getting to know that person, what makes them who they are and how and what makes them happy and angry and sad. It's, it's what influenced me to design in a certain way for people, I guess. Um, And I think that's where, that's why I enjoy doing what I do is the fact that, you know, I get to work with others and helps me grow as an interior designer. Um, And I just think, you know, in it all itself, like the world is changing and, and it's just a matter of how we make things better in design. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I'm curious, what what are ways you see design becoming more people focused and people centric? Interior design and architecture and decor becoming more people focused. I would say, I mean, especially now given the situation we are we are in, I, I feel like we are more thoughtful of how we interact with one another. I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, we're now becoming aware of materials itself. You know, we're, we're trying to use things that are easy to clean and not have a lot of you know, bacteria. And I think before we weren't really as much thoughtful of how certain materials impacted the world nowadays. Yeah, I think that the people now will influence and be critical for what we're designing. Mm. And it's the connection of people because for years we saw the workplace change and evolve and restaurants and bars and gathering spaces to bring people together and have them close and collaborative, which was beautiful because it inspired and created a lot of great ideas. Now you're seeing that while we can work remotely and do things through video, it, is physically being in the same space as a person and them experiencing that space with you, that there's a a commonality that happens there that then creates this stronger bond. And so now Mm. if you fast forward to when we're all back in the workspace, how do you design space that makes sure that you can have this space that allows for people to be bonded together through the architecture of the space 
but done so safely that their health isn't in jeopardy. Awesome. That's so interesting and I think right on. Well, thank you both so much for joining me here today. This was awesome. It was such a pleasure to have the two of you. And I'm really excited to see how this this relationship between these different aspects of interior work continue to evolve, continue to kind of be messy, continue to kind of develop their own unique strengths and, and uses and how we continue to balance those three things together with the work we do and the work that's done throughout the city. So thanks so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Alex.